Good morning again, and uh, my name is Chris, and I'm one of the pastors here at Horizon, and uh, we are just so overjoyed that you are worshiping here with us today. If this is your first time, we have been praying for you. Um, the very heartbeat of, of who Horizon is, is to exist for those who aren't here yet, and so we are excited, and like Erica said, we would love to talk to you after the service. If you can find her, she'll be holding up a sign that says, uh, hey, if this is your first time, talk to me. <laughs> Uh, so please uh, meet her out in the lobby. At any time, go feel free to go grab some more coffee, grab a donut. Um, that's who we are. Um, just uh, enjoy your mugs. If this is your first time, feel free to take that home with you. Um, if you've got a dozen of them, uh, you feel free to also leave them in, in some gray bins when you leave later today. So we're in the, the middle now, uh, week two of a series um, called Transform Your Hustle. And we're looking through the, the book of James. Um, and James is... It's a book of the Bible that, that people often have some really strong feelings about. Uh, for me, it's been a book that I actually fell in love with when I was in college. I took up this, this practice of uh, trying to memorize just a verse, a scripture a week. And the very first uh, verse I memorized, I put it in one of these like little uh, spiral bound note card books. And the very first page was that, the verse that Erica preached on last week from James uh, chapter 1 verse 2 there. Um, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds. Uh, and I fell in love with that, that verse when I was going through college and uh, I was trying to figure out who I was and what I wanted to do with life. And that verse was uh, quite a comfort for me. Um, but that's not always the case with the book of James for people. One of the, probably the most famous person that, that has a strong dislike for the book of James was this guy named Martin Luther. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He, uh, if you think back to history class, he kind of sparked that whole Protestant Reformation. Um, and he actually wrote that the book of James was a, a book of straw, he said. You know, it didn't really hold much weight. Um, he wrote it on a list of books he didn't think really needed to be in the Bible. Um, luckily, it is in the Bible, and so he had to deal with it. Um, but I, for him, the, the big thing was that there was only two mentions of Jesus in the entire book of James. And so he had a, a lot of uh, problems with that. Um, and this is what was going on when James wrote this letter to people. They had come to faith, they had had that mountaintop moment, and then they started living life. They started having to hustle, and the community was hustling around and trying to find their place. How do we live faith now in the everyday? And so Erica last week gave us some great definitions uh, of hustle. Hustle, shuffling from place to place, from thing to thing to get it done. Isn't that how most of us feel, and if we aren't there yet, we're going to feel it Come Monday, come tomorrow, getting the kids back to school. Even if you don't have kids, there's going to be more traffic going to work. I used to hate that day. It, I just use it like it adds like 10, 15 minutes on your commute, no matter like where you're going. Because you go through a school zone, there's more cars on the road. And so she gave us this great definition. I, I was looking through the notes from last week, and I was like, I got to say this again. And so you can put the next slide up. But this is what God wants our hustle to be like. And I was like, I got to read this again. Courageous and confident pursuit of what God wants for your life and for our community. That's the hustle that God wants for us. And that's exactly what James is writing to these people that have come to faith. That they were passionate and excited about living out their faith. And then they started running from place to place. And they're getting worn out. And they needed some guidance. And so James writes these words from chapter 1. 
Uh, starting at the, the 22nd verse, if you've uh, got your Bible with you, feel free to get it out. And uh, you can also use the Bible app. It's a great resource. I know some of you use it uh, every day as, as part of your devotional life. There, we even, if you uh, follow us on the, uh, the events page on the Bible app, we actually even have some recommended uh, devotional readings you can read along with James in just like five days. Because I think there's only like five chapters. It's, so it's a pretty quick read. Um, and so we'll start, be starting here at chapter 1, verse 22. Do not... Merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Those who listen to the word but do not do what it says are like people who look at their faces in a mirror. And after looking at themselves, go away and immediately forget what they look like. But those who look intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continue in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. What James sees is when it comes to following God for these people, there's not much there. There's not much passion. There's not much love for Jesus. They're really not doing much of anything. There's not a deep love for God. There's not a deep love of neighbor. And it seems like he looks out and he looks like they're just doing church instead of being the church in the world, igniting change and shining light. And so for the challenge that James faces, and, and throughout this entire book, I, I really see him as a, as a coach. Uh, this week, uh, um, for the last, I guess, three years now and, and six years total, I've, I've coached high school football. And when I read James, I, I read a coach, a coach that's given a halftime speech. The guys were really excited to go out and play their rivals, and they had a great game plan. They looked good in their uniforms. But they went out and played a lousy first half. They didn't follow through on a lot of what they were talking about. All that they had worked out that week before, that they, they planned, and it just didn't come out in that first half. And James is that, that's, that halftime speech for us. And he issues a really direct challenge to these people, to Christians. It's get off the fence. And it's direct and it's harsh. And this is why a lot of people don't like the book of James. So James is saying, let your faith shine in the world or just put it out. James is saying, it would be better for you to be on fire or just be completely cold than to have this lukewarm faith that talks it up but doesn't follow through on it. Because a halfway faith is dead. He goes on to say in this next chapter that faith without works is dead. We probably, if you've grown up in church, you've heard that verse before. This is intense. And I have to be honest, it kind of hits me kind of hard because I know lots of times in my life, even this week, where I've lived out a halfway faith. And maybe I'm the only one, but I, I have to imagine I'm not. Like I said, th this first week started up football for me coaching again and I, I coach the JV and so I have a lot of freshmen that I coach and so a lot of times it's their, their first time playing football and we literally it was Monday and I really am a nice coach like I, I'm not the yeller uh, you can you can ask Erica about that this one little or not little guy so I coach the line so they're also bigger kids uh, we were literally five minutes into practice 
and we hadn't really done too much. I was going over some basics of like how to get down in your stance, how to look like a lineman, you know. And this one kid walks up to me and he's like, Coach, I'm kind of dizzy. I don't, I don't think I'm going to make it. <laughs> and I, again, I, I'm, I'm not a yeller anyway. And I'm just like, all right, I'm, I kind of want to yell at this kid. Like we're five minutes into practice. This is the first day. This is not a good first impression to make in the team. And I was like, all right, well, there's the water. Like, go sit down. We're five minutes in. I don't know what else to tell you right now. And I, and I, I was like, man, that's what James is saying right now. We're five minutes into the game, and we've already stopped doing what we said we were going to do. It was really nice this summer when you were like, man, I want to play football at Plant High School. I, got, I got my nice helmet on. It's shiny. It's new. And then the reality of working out in the heat in Florida sets in. <laughs> And hustle comes a different way of life. And James is saying, you got to have a a faith that's set on fire. A faith that is ablaze. Not only do you have to think Christian, you have to live Christian. What does it take to have a faith that's set on fire? Uh, For the four years I was in college, I I worked as a camp counselor, the, the pinnacle of a career right there. You learn everything you can learn as a camp counselor. And uh, a few weeks ago, I had the opportunity to to go to a wedding of my best friend from camp. And we were counselors together, and my flight got delayed, and I was flying in and flying right back so I could be back here on Sunday morning. And it just was timing up to go to some small town in between Atlanta and Birmingham, which is not going to work out. And I was pretty disappointed. Um, So it got me thinking about... Ryan and the, the crazy things we did together when we were counselors. And so every, every session at camp, we would take our, our two cabins out camping. It would be about 15, 16, 12-year-old boys. Um, we'd go out in the woods, and that Friday or that night, we would uh, get a fire going. Um, there was two rules when you have 12-year-old boys and a big bonfire um, that I had. It's, the first one was sticks on fire remain in the fire. Uh, for some reason, it's really tempting to pull that out and want to like, is this really hot? Oh, yeah, it is. It's hot. Don't take it out. The second rule had to do with marshmallows. Um, I'm not a huge, uh, I don't like my marshmallows like burnt, flaming. Erica loves them like that. If you uh, weren't here earlier in the summer, you know she likes them like that. <laughs> uh, and so every time, I don't know why it is, it's, it's, I guess it's like a human reaction to flaming marshmallows is like, Oh, it's caught on fire. And then it becomes like a fishing rod. Like you're, you're fighting it and you're like trying to blow. Instead of just like taking it out. And and so my, fear, my greatest fear as a counselor was not only is this flaming thing now out of the fire, but now it's really gooey and now you're flicking it around and it's going to get stuck on someone. Like that was my biggest fear as a counselor. And so needless to say, I, we had no fire injuries under my watch because we had these two great rules. But every time we'd go to bed, I'd do my best, kind of, it probably wasn't my best, honestly. But we, I'd stir it up, pour a, a Nalgene of water on the fire. All right, safe, everyone go to bed. But every time, every year, there'd be at least one boy that would want to start the fire back up the next morning. And it was like this great pride and joy to get it going again. And so what they would do is they would you know, uncover some of the ashes, and they would find that really hot core that was still laying under there. They'd find some small sticks, and then they'd begin this long process of getting really down close to the fire and blowing. 
And eventually, after like an hour in the morning, they'd get it going again. And that's the kind of faith that I want. A faith that the next morning, even when there's ashes over the top, there's still a hot coal burning deep. That's the kind of faith that I want. And so I I spent a little time this week. I was at Kawa on Tuesday, and I wanted to research what happens in a fire. And so I, I went to the ultimate source of everything fire. I uh, went to smokeythebear.com. If there's anyone that knows about fires, it's Smokey. Yeah, there's Smokey. Only you can prevent forest fires, so make sure you, you put some water on it and stir it around, because there's hot coals down in that fire. And, and when you go to this high-level website called smokeythebear.com, you learn about, and you feel free to fact check me, there's three things that are essential to a fire. The first one is heat. Heat is that thing that sparks that initial flame. And what really is interesting is that, that, that the fire itself, when it starts burning, it produces more heat, which dries out the air and the materials around it, which makes the fire spread more quickly. Fuel, fuel is the, those sticks, those logs, whatever is burning, some sort of combustible material. And the third thing then is, is oxygen. Oxygen makes up, it said, about 20% of the air. And fires have to have oxygen for that chemical reaction to take place. And so I, I thought this was a great idea. Smokey called this the fire triangle. So I was like, man, if this works for Smokey the bear, I'm going to have a faith triangle. So what are those things that are essential to having a faith that burns deep down? And the first thing is we've got to spend time with God got to spend time with God and are we reading the Bible like I said there are some really cool devotional things on the Bible app it's free go download it there's even some recommended ones from horizon of how you can read James this week are you spending time with God are you spending time in prayer are you talking with God even coming to worship is a way that we spend time with God are we intentional with our growth Intentional with loving Jesus more each day. Are we spending time with God? And I have to admit, this is probably of the three things I'll talk about today. This is the hardest for me. Because when I start hustling, this is the first one that goes. You know, maybe Monday morning I'll get up early. And I'll spend time. And then it's a healthy guilt, I'll be honest. I, I keep pushing this Bible app. But it'll like say, you haven't opened it in three days. And I'm like, really, has it been three days? Oh, geez, I might should open it. So it's helpful for me. And the thing with spending time with God is it requires faithfulness and consistency. And that's what makes it so hard for me is that consistency piece. And these are tough words. And these are words that we often run from, don't we? Faithfulness and consistency. But those are the basis for every good relationship, whether it's a marriage, it's with our family, or with our friendships. They require us to be faithful and consistent. It means showing up when you don't really want to. Faithfulness and consistency means even when the feelings have gone away, you still love the person. That means making Jesus a priority in your life. 
That means making Jesus more than just an hour on Sunday mornings. Consistent time with God. And so the second thing, the second corner of our triangle is community. And there is absolutely nothing fancy with community. It's just being with people. And James, when we look at James, he's, he's assuming this. This is what the people, the early Christians were doing. Community was essential to who they were. In the book of Acts, it talks about how the early Christians gathered together daily. Not just on Sundays, but daily. And when they gathered, they, they shared a meal together. They worshipped. They prayed. They shared what they had with each other. There was no way that the people James was writing to could possibly do faith alone. And what does that community look like? It's a community that loves us. And it's a lot more helpful when they love Jesus as well. That community shows up and they listen to us. That community shows up and speaks a hard truth when we need to hear it. That community prays for you. That community points you back to Jesus. That's the kind of community we need. And just like our time with God, community requires a hard word. And it's commitment. Commitment. Commitment's not a fun word either a lot of times in our lives. Because it means showing up. It means being there. It means not flaking out at the last minute. It means making someone else a priority. And here's the thing. I, I read a headline this week that said 22% of millennials have no friends. And the article went on to say that it was, it's not extremely high compared to other generations, but it's higher than the past generations. And so the, what happens often in life is, is in that young adulthood, you you don't have a lot of friends, and then it kind of peaks in middle age, and then it drops again as you get older. And so it, the, the, the main thrust of the article was like, what's going to happen if that continues, to, that trend continues? And people are already starting off with less friends and feeling less connected to community and people as they get older. What's going to happen? And that's what we don't quite know. But community, being surrounded by people, makes us healthier makes us healthier and makes us more whole. And we want community, and we often, I know I find myself, we complain about it, like I don't have any time with my friends. But here's the thing, we often don't show up. It takes some effort to be in community. We need community in our lives if we want our hustle to be transformed. And here's the thing, uh, Horizon doesn't have anything figured out. And I think, what have you been here, uh, 35 minutes? You probably have already figured that out as well. But one of the things that we have figured out is we've got to try and try and try different things to get people connected to each other. Because community is so important. That's why we have donuts and coffee out in the lobby, because we want you to get connected on your way in, get connected on your way out. Spend time today lingering, being connected, being in community. As Erica mentioned, there are, are new small groups starting up in the next few weeks. It might mean stepping out and doing something you've never done before. But it's a place you'll find community. On thir one Thursday night a month, we make sandwiches 
for the homeless together at 81 Day Brewery. There is community that takes place around those tables as we serve. We spend time doing trivia, trivia each month at Iris 31. There is new and different ways that we are trying to find and establish community, that you have a place to connect where we find transformation. If we want a faith that's transformed, we've got to have communion as part of our triangle. And the last part of our triangle is do. We got to do something. And you're like, wait, what was that? Do something. We got to do something. Part of being transformed is actually living out our walk with Jesus. Again, this is what James was talking about. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do. Do what it says. Because when our faith is active, our faith will move us. Because when our faith is active, our faith will change us. Because when our faith is active, it will challenge us. When our faith is active, it will cause us to step out of our comfort zones. And each time we step out of our comfort zone, our faith grows. Each time we step out, our faith is transformed. So today, that do might be stepping out of that comfort zone and being a part of a new small group that's starting up. Maybe you've been in a small group and God's calling you to lead one. Maybe it's to be a part of our children's ministry, which has just doubled in the last year, which is just insane. And you'll see a lot of our kids here in a few minutes. It grows and grows. Maybe today it's just singing that final song of worship. Maybe it's in your personal life. Maybe God is calling you to apply for a new job because you feel unfulfilled in what you're doing right now. Or as James goes on to say, Two specific things that, that Christians are to do and therefore to care for the widow and for the orphan. Maybe today you step out and you start to consider being a foster parent. Maybe there's something that you know that God has called you to and you've been running from it. And today is the day that you want to take a step. Step out of your comfort zone and do it. Here's the thing, we need to do something with our faith. That's how our lives, that's how our faith is transformed. Because if Jesus hasn't changed us, if Jesus hasn't moved us, if Jesus doesn't challenge us, we need to check our faith again. And that's what James is calling us to. The third element of our triangle is do. And we need all three of these elements in our triangle. Because just like Smokey, if we take fuel or oxygen or heat away from that fire, it's going to go out. And if we take one of these pieces away from our faith, our faith triangle, our faith is going to go out. And that's what James is saying to us today. If we take away doing, 
if we take away time with God, if we take away community, our faith will go out. And I want my faith to be ablaze. And so what is the area that you need to work on this week? What's the area that's lacking in your life? Because today you can begin to actively pursue it. You can run after it and your faith will begin to be transformed, to grow, to be set ablaze. Will you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, we thank you. We thank you for the words of James that are bold and direct and challenge us. God, we pray today that you will move us. Move us and challenge us to live a faith that is bold. God, open our hearts and minds and give us feet to grow more in love with you, to find community, 